Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien previously on second condition one do you think there's any telephones on new caprica and if so is his jammer able to repair them Not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. Many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me in a tent somewhere on New Caprica <laughs> is the XO Kitsy. We're on the side of the demons, Chief. We're evil men in the gardens of paradise, sent by the forces of death to spread devastation and destruction wherever we go. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I'll take my Emmy now, thank you. (laughs) And uh, Barefoot in a Cell, the president uh, of the the podcast and our hearts, but no longer of the 12 colonies, Andrea. So help me God if this is my last episode. Y'all are in for... It. I don't know what, but something. Oh, if it is my last episode, do I get to be a new person or am I just RIP forever? Ooh. Uh, well, you are. It, uh, I'll say this. If, if, no, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. If this is your last episode, uh, then we will mourn the passing of the president of the podcast and we'll have to find a new persona for you going forward. I thought you were going to say new co-host. I was, I, that's what I was going to say. You're off the show. That's, that's what I was going to say. And then... Uh, you remembered that that would be... That, w- that would kind of give it away. Give it away now. That would also be like a bittersweet uh, symphony for me because... Then you could watch the rest of it I, tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Uh, so we're back. We're back. Uh, another... Uh, another. We're back. We're back. Uh, we, we mentioned last week that uh, this... Uh, first two episodes of season three were originally aired as uh, a like an extra long special, like essentially a two hour special. Um, and I actually went to uh, you know I got everything set back up to watch uh, the purchased videos that I have from my my Apple subscription uh, on my new streaming device because that's that's available now. Uh, and it turns out that the version that I own is both episodes together. So I was like, well, oh. fuck, I got to go back to Peacock one more week mm-hmm. and then I can go back to my uh, my, my owned, Whoops. My, my purchased 
shows. But uh, for those of you who are watching along, if you're watching on Peacock, you would have seen these as two separate episodes. If you uh, purchased or found them elsewhere, you might have Occupation and Precipice as one episode. Uh, so that's an interesting, uh, kind of exciting thing. So if that's the case, you may have accidentally gotten uh, an episode ahead last week and are wondering, like, why did they skip all this other stuff? Like, lots of shit happened. Uh, well, we're going to talk about it now. Maybe so. we should record both episodes tonight just to make sure that we're caught up well we and already then... recorded the last one wait what we already recorded the last episode that's wait, true this isn't the cliffhanger occupation was last week occupation was last week this is precipice the thing about my brain is this that it's is, very small it, do, it and does it gets so confused it does end in a cliffhanger but it's not this is this is not a two-parter <laughs> what the well it's the second part i said this is a cliffhanger it's the second part of a two-parter this is bullshit and then the next two episodes are also a two-parter. God, my heart. I'm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, are the next two episodes like an actual like technical two-parter, like a part one, part two? Yes. Am I remembering that correctly? I believe it's. Because I think that there's. I believe it's Exodus part one and part two. If that tells you anything about what's coming. Uh oh. Uh oh. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, well, we know that uh, we know that something's coming just based on the events of this episode. So. Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, so, as I mentioned in the uh, in the opening, um, the Cylons got Rosalind in jail again. What did you do? <laughs> I'm still not sure. I think I was just me, just being yeah. me on New Caprica is enough. That sounds right. Wanted dead or alive. Wanted. Thank dead you. Dead or alive. I was debating if if I was going to do it. I and really like you did y'all it, up. You did it for me, so I know somebody will. <laughs> Baltar comes to comes to visit uh, Rosalind in in jail, and you know he really wants her to know that it's not personal. Like this, anyone who's important is is being is being looked into right now. But you know. You know, desperate times, desperate measures, whatnot. But you know, we're we're taking care of everyone. No one's being tortured. Yeah, tell that to Ty. Does he really mm. not know? <laughs> I think he doesn't want to know. That, right. Yeah. That's very Baltar. I get the impression that yeah, that Baltar's doing everything he can to be as out of the loop and as ignorant of <laughs> events as he possibly can. <laughs> So that his conscience can be as clean as it can be, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, we we definitely get the sense that the Cylons aren't really like leaving a lot up to him. Like they're kind of they're they're putting his his stamp of approval on things, but then just doing them uh, whatever the, the hell they want. And I I cannot help but keep coming back to this idea of like why did they bother to come back? In the name of like peace and reconciliation, only to be an occupying aggressive force. Like it's just, I, like, even having seen the show and knowing how things work out, like it's still like my brain wants to fight this. It's also weird that they keep saying like we're here for peace, we're here to turn over a new leaf. It's like then why are you doing the same shit? It's well, that's the thing is that for me, it's like exactly it happens so quickly because it feels to me like any other colonizing story under the like ostensible claim that we're going to spread Christianity because that's what we need to do to make, you know, but really it's just another uh, way to control, right? Another way to um, exert Mm -hmm. power over this group of people because you want some resource or something that they have and it all works together. But I don't know what 
other than baby farming the Cylons <laughs> want. And if that's what they want, they learned already that by force doesn't work and they're doing a bad job doing it peacefully. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. Well, I, I appreciate that you used the um, missionary uh, analogy because uh, I think it's Cavill who said in past episode and again in this episode, we came to bring the light of God. Yeah. Came to show them God's love. Cylon's burden. And yeah, this is Cylon's burden. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but outside of the, the detention center, uh, you know, we know that the uh, the new Caprica police uh, wear masks to protect their identity so that they can do collaboration war crimes uh, and not be held accountable for them. But we get to see some of them preparing for a raid without their masks on. And lo and behold, Jammer is not repair a telephone. <laughs> Jammer is prepare a raid. I was so excited when I saw his name. I also want to thank Sad Geezer for the first time in my life because I don't think we ever got jammer's name in the episode right in originally in i the don't first remember jammer is repair a telephone i think we only know his name because i'm not sure of the transcript i feel like th- there may have been like a moment where lee is like jammer get your head in the game oh, or maybe. like what's your name private or whatever like but yeah like we only really know his name because one of jammer my, is repair a telephone. one of my favorite things about battlestar galactica is a moment in a transcript that isn't actually part of Battlestar Galactica. Like, <laughs> I love Jammer's repair telephone so much. But yeah, so uh, Cavill hands uh, Jammer a, a list and you know their their orders and sends them out to, to start rounding people up. We know that the uh, the Cylons didn't take too kindly to the uh, the suicide bomb at the the police graduation, and so uh, can't imagine no, why. I, I don't agree with a lot of things uh, about what the the Cylons do. That I mean, th- at least is understandable that they would be upset about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you get it. Reasonable. But here's the other thing that I never get about occupying forces: is when people are that uh, willing to say, like, you, "We need you out of here so badly that we will kill ourselves and you to do it." You know what? Our bad. We're gonna go now. <laughs> is how I would respond. <laughs> but not these fuckers. Nope. Yeah. Nope, they sure don't. They uh, they go out to to do their roundup, while uh, meanwhile the leaders of the insurgency are holed up in their insurgent bunker. Uh, according to uh, Sad Geezer, it's referred to as, as the insurgent bunker, <laughs> it, which I like. It's a goddamn tent. It's a tent. They're all tents. Uh, although I want insurgent bunker to be like totally like uh, political pop uh, punk band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. <laughs> could be. Could be. <laughs> Uh, and this is, of course, where we get the fantastic tie line that uh, Kitsy opened the episode with. And I have to say, Ty has yes. some of my favorite moments, some of his best moments in the entire show in this episode. Because we get, first of all, the aesthetic of Ty with a grizzled <laughs> full beard, the beanie, the eye patch, the like turtleneck and the coat like he looks like a grizzled old like sea captain uh and he's sitting there long drags on a hand-rolled cigarette and he's got these monologues that (laughs) just oh my god 
chef's kiss. Like Michael Hogan just fucking slays it. Like goes from being the like constantly incredulous, yelling, <laughs> like everything that makes him either confused or angry or, <laughs> or angry both. because he's confused to like this really thoughtful planning, like old veteran that talks about it, like I've sent young boys into you know, to die before, and what difference does it make if it's in the cockpit of a Viper or with a bomb strapped to their chest? <laughs> like, like, good God, he's man. So good. You know, he's essentially, in this episode especially, Quint from Jaws. Okay. Like, that's his persona in this episode. <laughs> I was going to say he's got, like, um, aesthetically, he's got, like, Hemingway, like, Papa, like older sure, Hemingway sure. vibes. And also, I've, this is shameful as an English um, major and teacher to admit, but I've never read Moby Dick. Nobody has. <laughs> Literally, no one has read it. It's, <laughs> Literally, nobody. In fact, if you open it up, all the pages are blank. Yeah, that's the thing. It's this one, Ulysses and uh, Infinite Jest. <laughs> Nobody's read a single one of those three. But nobody wants to uh, like admit it. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you. Listeners, if you are embarrassed that you have not read Moby Dick, don't worry. Nobody has. Everyone's just pretending. <laughs> the only thing I know, the, that's not true, not the only thing. I know plenty by osmosis, but um, uh, I know more about Moby Dick from the X-Files than anything else. But all of that to say, he is what I picture Captain Ahab as. Now, Captain Ahab was mm. the whale. In no, Moby Dick. That's okay. That's a yes. that's often a misconception. <laughs> Actually, Moby Dick was the doctor. Oh, see, so I know it's very confusing. I see. Um, I was Doc Cottle, <laughs> the Cylon. Oh, Cottle's not a Cylon. He's a pyramid player. <laughs> oh, you know what? I guarantee Cottle played at least like you know recreational pyramid, if not like you know university level. Um, he, he probably never went pro, but maybe he he might have played for the uh, whatever the equivalent of like Army Navy teams are. I hope he went to med school on a full pyramid scholarship, and he's not <laughs> actually he's not actually a very good doctor. They just couldn't afford to let him go. Cottle's actually like a pyramid <laughs> legend but... and a mediocre doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I have my phone out because just after this episode, I was talking to a friend about it, and he said, how is Ty so much more competent after being tortured? He hasn't had a single outburst, and I think this is what it is. Ty finally has a war that feels like a real war to him, in mm-hmm. a way the Cylon nonsense from, you know, the last year didn't. Ty has two things. Ty has focus. Mm-hmm. And Ty does not have uh, as ready access to alcohol, mm. I think. Mm, mm. Uh, That's so he such is a good sober point. and he is angry. That's such a good point. Because obviously we know Ty must have been competent at some point because he wouldn't be Bill's right-hand man otherwise. When when you said Ty has two things, my first thought was like, well, Caleb's not going to say eyes. <laughs> he has two things. One, one eye and a huge grudge. <laughs> <laughs> I came here to lose eyes and blow up Cylons, and I'm almost out of eyes. <laughs> You're absolutely right, though. Like, he had to have been a good soldier and, like, a competent, like, officer, uh, because there's no way that Bill Adama would have, like, trusted him and, like, brought him that close mm-hmm. uh, with him if he wasn't, yeah. um, you know, 
we know how carefully Bill Adama selects the people around him and the people that he trusts. Uh, and when he does, he trusts them implicitly. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I love seeing this side of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I also think uh, that he is very much remembering how everything that went wrong the last time that he was in charge. Mm-hmm. And he is not taking it lightly that he is now essentially the, the ranking officer on the planet. And he's got to, like, I think in his own heart, he has to make up for that. Mm-hmm. Well, he's doing a much better job. Maybe? I don't know. And here's the thing. They're already under martial law, so it's not his fault this time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's true. This time it wasn't his fault. But while the insurgents are meeting in the insurgent bunker, the police uh, round up a bunch of folks for, uh, you know, potentially collaborating and colluding with the insurgency, uh, including they grab Callie right out of her tent in the middle of the night, leave the baby behind. Terrell comes home to a crying baby. And no wife. That, to me, doesn't... Yeah, that, that doesn't bode well for anyone... In, that he discovers is on the police yeah. force. Tyrrell doesn't seem like the forgiving type to me. Well, and it's just last week, Callie was saying that one day Tyrrell just wasn't going to come home, that it would just be her and Nick. And now Tyrrell comes home and there's no Callie. It's just mm-hmm. little baby, uh, little baby Nick. Yeah. And I mean, to an extent, it's the same reason, mm-hmm. just different results. We don't find out in this episode why, right? Why they take Callie? Why they take Callie specifically? I I think that um I don't know that we ever really do specifically. My the way I interpret it is that uh they know that Chief Tyrrell's like le- a leader of the insurgency. And so, they know mm-hmm. he's a Cylon, so this is one good way to get to him. So, no, they know he's not cuz he's not at any he's not meetings. In any meetings. Oh, they haven't seen right. him there. So he, uh, so they're, they're going to take Callie because it's like, it's, again, it's one of those like, you know, put the families of the people up mm-hmm. against the bulkhead and shoot him kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, because, you know, he's going to keep fighting no matter what, but if they start fucking with his wife, he might be like, okay, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, so. and like the their whole thing has been like, let's send a message. And when I say they, I mean Cavill, because uh, all of the Cavils have been repeatedly saying like, <laughs> let's make an example, let's send a message. Uh Let's be as cruel as we possibly can. The, uh, there to are times when I... That we're, yeah, we're sh- here for peace. This is going to hurt us more than it's going to hurt you. Except it's really going to hurt you. It sure won't. There are times when I love the Cavill model uh, for its dry sense of humor and uh, like very self-aware and like... You know, when he's giving Tyrrell shit for coming to a priest instead of a therapist or like, you know, shit like that. I love the moment when he, you know, he, he discovers that he's been outed as a silent. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you know, shit like that. I love. And then there's his just pure cruelty and like his hatred of humans that comes out in the way that he's, he's like, he's kind of, he, he's not openly leading this group, but you can feel his influence. Like he maybe has more say than mm-hmm. most of the other models. Well, he's the older or one. So what he, yeah, yeah he is the, <laughs> what he says carries uh, more weight. It seems, I wonder if I know we can't really tell because there aren't too many, uh, Cylon models that we can tell the difference between enough to like, like, um, 
we had, you know, a redheaded boomer to be able to tell apart from other boomer or from eight, whatever. But with Cavill, I wonder if there are shades of difference. I wonder if, like, the Cavill who comes to see Ellen is a more cruel, less, like, in tune with his, with the, like, Cylon morals and the Cylon project overall than the Cavill that is a little more, like, jokey. You know what I mean? And we just don't have enough to differentiate that's a good question um i i feel like so far we haven't really seen enough of him to say for Mm -hmm. sure um and i think there's there's enough personality similarities that carry across the the different ones but like yeah that would be really interesting uh and as as much as i'm going to say how much i hate him this episode Mm -hmm. i still want more Mm because And when he's at his best, I like that actor just fucking slays it. I love him oh, yeah, so much. Oh yeah, he's great. Um, but there's also like you, the the idea of taking, um, you know, taking the wife to to get at the the leader of the insurgency is very much the the manipulation tactic. And, and like we know very much that the Cylons are experts at manipulation. Um, you know, we've we've seen it with six. We've seen it to a lesser extent with the you know the eights, but uh, very much, very much uh, with Leobin mm-hmm. and the way that he's uh, dealing with Kara, which just gets an extra level of creepy. Dean Stockwell is Cavill. Uh, John oh. Cavill is yeah. Um, That's a very different a, character. <laughs> Tony the Tiger. What? Well, I'm sorry, what? Hold, hold on. Uh, in the movie Married to the Mob, he was Tony <gasps> the Tiger Russo. Uh, that's oh, very funny. <laughs> that's, not as, that's not as exciting. No, wait, who's the voice no. of Tony the Tiger, though? It's somebody. Oh, it's Tony the Tiger. <laughs> he does his own commercials. Uh, Duh. Who is the voice of Tony? I just Googled the Tony tiger. the Tiger. This show used to be about Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> this show is... Hush. Uh, there's been a bunch, but never uh, never Dean Stockwell. No, but it's somebody who... There, somebody let's, I'm thinking let's of... Let's talk about the name Thurl Ravenscroft for a yeah. second. <laughs> um, One of them yeah, does so, a very surprising other character. I'm just, I'll be over here Googling, y'all. Carry on. Leobin, uh, as we learned, uh, has Kara in a, a cell designed to look like a Capricorn apartment. And he tried the tactic of, you know, you're going you're gonna to fall in love with me. You're going to tell me you love me and all this stuff. And, you know, she just keeps killing him. So this time he tries something even more aggressively manipulative. Shows up with a kid. And he's like, hey, look, it's your mommy. And she's like, the fuck it isn't. I have so many th- things swirling around in my head about Kara and this baby. Child, toddler. Real quick. Thurl Ravenscroft was also the vocalist for You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. That's it. Thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> uh, Bless your heart. Thoughts That's about it. Kara and this child, though. Like, you, I actually I want to hear you, you uh, go into that a little bit because there's that's a lot to unpack there. Should we say that for the end? Well, I'm going to save my theories for moving forward Okay. for the end. I was just going to say the same thing, but as I started to open my mouth to agree with you, I realized there are things that... I have thoughts about leading up to this moment. Okay. Which is one, we should not have been surprised about this child showing up because we knew 
Kara had that weird ass scar at the farm and the show just Mm -hmm. has so much happening that we forgot to even like revisit that. But we knew Mm -hmm. because my first thought was they put a baby in her at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But then obviously we know that didn't happen. So what they did is they took the thing out. You need to make a Kara baby. And if I were her and I woke up at the farm with some scar I would be working every day to figure out what the fuck. There is an ultrasound machine on uh, Galactica. I can't believe I forgot the name mm-hmm. of that fucking ship. Like, you could have just gone down to Cotton and been like, can you just see what's going on with this this spot here? Am I missing anything? I mean, it's entirely possible that they did that and that she knows and they just haven't showed us that. Oh, That's I thought, true. I think because she wasn't, she didn't really seem so surprised that they took her oh, one of I, her ovaries. I, they just, huh. she was more surprised, like, oh, I have a kid now. Oh, huh. the, I didn't read that scene that way, but yeah. Uh, like the little bit that I know secondhand from uh, being around someone who has had uh, parts of her reproductive system removed, uh, there's a significant amount of pain involved that you, like, I don't yeah. think even Kara Thrace could ignore. And so I think she would know that there was something more seriously wrong yeah. than just like a stab wound or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever the the cover story was. So you think that that means that she probably did go to Coddle for that reason, or just that it, or she just assumed and right yeah. either way, or, like in her head, she knew something, even if she I didn't really want to deal didn't, with it. Even if she didn't intentionally seek out Coddle's uh, care for it, uh, I think that they would have made her have like some sort of uh, checkup after you know being debriefed mm-hmm. from that experience to make sure that she was fit to return to duty. Yeah, and we know Kara's not always great at facing um, the, like, difficulties in her life, so it's quite possible that she's just been ignoring what, the potential of what that could mean. Yeah. Yeah, okay. She was drinking very heavily after the experience, too, which uh, could also have been to help numb the pain. That's such a good point, yeah. (laughs) Very good point. Um, I'm still, though, I, there is a small part of me that is not 100% convinced that this is even her child, maybe. But we'll see. I'll talk more about that later, but yeah. She's not convinced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the same way that... I, was say, I think that she understands Leoben's tactics and it's going to take a lot more than here's a little blonde baby who might may or may not be the right age. Uh, and you telling me that you took my ovary and, and made a baby out of it. That's the thing about Leoben. It mixes the lies with the truth. <laughs> so something, something, something. See, the thing about Leoben there we go. is he mixes sperm with the ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? And that's how you get a baby. That's how? Mm-hmm. You just you put him in a bowl and whisk him up and yep. you pour him onto a baking sheet and like put it in Nine the oven at 350. For nine months. For nine months. For nine months. I've been trying that, to get somebody to tell me how babies are made, and all I had to do was ask you to. That's why babies are so expensive, because you have to run your oven for nine months yeah, that's, straight. You just got to really whisk that batter first. Though. You got to make sure. <laughs> it, is, it is the use of the word batter there that is not good. <laughs> Quick question. Could I put the baby in an air fryer? No. Oh, no. Don't put babies in air fryers. <laughs> that won't work? No. It's, mine works just like the oven. It's just better and faster. Then you don't even For have the to love like of God, oil the baby. Please do not make a headliner out of this. 
I do not want our social media to have a clip of me saying, can I put the baby in an air fryer? I'm just going to isolate you saying, can I put the baby in an air fryer? Cut all of this. And that's the opener for next week. God, no. I I won't do that to you. I might, but I won't. But I could. So, meanwhile, uh, Ty was able to get a a message out to the... uh, to the the raptor up in orbit uh, with uh, you know some some tactics, important information about the insurgency, uh, specifically that he uh, feels that they have roughly a thousand one hundred fifty armed effectives, uh, people who can uh, who can fight uh, if joined by the the Galactica, uh, and they you know, they they get that message back to the the admiral, and we we see a planning session. Uh, where Cat and D and uh, Papadama and Hilo and a, a few others are all there, uh, and everybody's in agreement with the plan, one hundred percent, and uh, nobody has any problems with it. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, Lee's there too. <sighs> Lee, Can fuck Lee. This episode, yeah. yeah. Lee is is like on team. Fucking abandon the people on New Caprica. Let's just get away with the people we have. And uh, I'm not here for that. Mm-mm. He gets like extra like Tashi Station whiny about like we gotta look for that for the human race here, uh, but like he's talking literally about the the roughly two thousand people that are left in the civilian fleet and fuck the almost fifty thousand that are on the planet like yeah. you know yeah. leave them to their fate we like we don't stand a chance and like way to be a quitter Lee mm-hmm. yeah dude. And just like everything that they they um, you know they bring up, the you know we need to find the the launch keys for the the colonial ships. The you know the Cylons have them under guard, and Cass like, can't we just make new ones? And he's like, ah, forget it. And we never make it in time. The specs are incredibly sophisticated. It take weeks just to do mm-hmm. the R and I'm like, all right, well then, like we'll we'll have to you know, rely on the insurgents to find them. So, like, let's get them armed. Ah, no, it'll never work. The only thing you got going so far is that they they only have three, uh, five base ships. You know, we put weaponry on the planet. They're going to jump in a bunch more. I and, mean, you know, we're all fracked. Lee, I need solutions, not complaints, okay? Come to me with solutions. Like, seriously. And, you know... He really tries to like go at Adama later on uh, for this plan and try to convince him that it's you know a terrible idea and that they they need to just go. And I I love the way that uh, the admiral turns it around and says, "Okay, take the civilian ships and the Pegasus and continue the search for Earth. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I and like maybe it's the wrong decision. You know, maybe it's doomed to fail." I can't turn my back this time. And you can see that like he's working through the the way that you know he doesn't feel necessarily that it was the wrong thing to do to turn and run with the fleet that they have uh you know a couple years ago when this all started, but it still doesn't sit right with him that he didn't stay and fight. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And now that he has this chance to to do that again, he's I think he sees it as something of a redemption. Plus yeah. Space Mom is down there and he can't leave her behind. That's right. <laughs> It's true. Oh, space mom. We talked a little bit about it last week that when he and Boomer have that, I keep calling her Boomer at eight, right? The one in the cell. Sharon. Sharon. That's her name. Um, 
have that conversation and she asks him if he feels guilty and he says, I don't really do guilt. And she's kind of like, bullshit and you need to learn to forgive yourself. And this is a good example of like, we we know that you do. And we know that <laughs> like, I mean, based on the numbers alone, they should be staying. They should be trying to fight and to rescue those people. Yeah. But it's also a matter of Bill needing to, I think anyway, um, as you were saying, kind of try to redeem himself a bit there. They also don't know that there are human cops, willing human cops, because that's why they yeah. say they're surprised at how few there are. And they're like, oh, maybe there have been a lot of casualties, which, yeah, but also some of them are just fucking cops, like Jammer. Yeah, that's it's, true, because you would think that that would be information that the insurgency would pass along. But, you know, maybe given the limited bandwidth that they have to, to pass those messages they haven't, you know, haven't gotten around to that particular mm-hmm. bit yet. Um, but they, you know, they do make it a point to mention that the Cylons are cracking down and that things are getting, you know, worse. Uh, but <laughs> I feel like much like uh, how Ty never told Adama that he inst- instigated <laughs> martial law. He's uh, he's not telling Adama that, yeah, uh, he's largely responsible for the Cylon crackdown. <laughs> Good point. Ty yes. is learning his lessons. He, he really. <laughs> it's good to see growth, you know? I'm proud of him. What's next? What happens next? So much happens in this episode. Um, we get a, a brief scene of Tyrrell and Gaeta uh, talking through things and, you know, Gaeta trying to mm-hmm. explain, you know, like, I'll, I'll try to figure out what I can. They don't tell me anything that's run by a different ministry. I love that not only have they had time to build a mini city uh, with buildings only for the Cylons and, like, still just tents for the, the colonials, uh, but they have, they've put together a whole civilian government with various mm-hmm. ministries that don't communicate with one another <laughs> at all to the point where... Uh, everybody has plausible deniability. Uh, That's very and good. Tiro doesn't, uh, doesn't let up on him. He's like, why don't you try and do something? And it's just like, ah, you know, like you part of me wants to say too. like, like, look, he's, he's putting it on the line to, to give you the information that you have so far. And like, I, I, I struggle with that because there's a, a few instances uh, throughout these last couple episodes where like, there are people like Geta and even, dare I say it, Baltar, who like are put in a very difficult position and like mm-hmm. they're trying to resist in ways they can, but it's never going to be enough for the people who are out there like actively mm-hmm. suffering because of it. Well, keep in mind, Tyrrell does not know that Geta is the one feeding him information either. So as far as oh, Tyrrell knows... did they not figure that out? Oh, nope. shit. Okay. So so as far as Tyrrell knows, like, he has no idea all the things Gate is doing. So how did... That's... I... That was my question earlier when we were watching the episode because... And I know that I was confused last week about Gata, them knowing, like, <laughs> us knowing that it was Gata. But how did mm-hmm. Tyrrell and Gata end up chatting at the fence then? Is it just, like, crazy random happenstance? Uh, it's probably just, you know... In passing, or maybe they have a a rendezvous that they do regularly just to catch up with each other. You know, just like like Bud's getting coffee kind of thing. Um, you know, it sounds know. like you know they're dating and don't want to tell the rest of us. <laughs> like, they're, they're roommates. They're just really good friends. They just have coffee like on Tuesdays. It's fine. <laughs> that's what that sounded like. Um, but yep. it's like my aunt that's had the same roommate for 40 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so 
there are a couple of context clues that uh, definitely point to uh, Tyrrell not realizing that that Gaeta is the the man on the inside. Uh, specifically, when he calls him out, he's like, you know, how can you like live yourself? Like, how can you help them every day? Uh, like, you know, like how do you look at yourself in the mirror? And I I feel like. He wouldn't be saying that if he knew that Gata mm-hmm. was helping him with the insurgency. Yeah, that's a huge uh, and risk. And then the next person that he runs into is Jammer, who's uh, very obviously feeling guilty about uh, taking part in the raid. Um, and I feel like he would take he would have felt guilty no matter what. But uh, I think he feels particularly guilty uh, with it being Callie, and you know he sees the. The piece of the the baby's mobile that got knocked over during the, the the raid, and he picks it up, and that's when the chief shows up, and the chief just starts going off about these fracking human police and how they're all traitors, and you know, guys like Gata and like all these other police, like they're gonna when this is all done, they're gonna get strung up, and it's guys like you and me, Jammer, with you, know, <laughs> the good ones, the ones who would never do this, never join that police force, never betray other humans. Uh, yeah, you know, we're gonna be the you. ones dying. Yep. He really like I feel you. Really poor just, Jammer. No, just no, drives the knife in. It's so good. Hey, you wouldn't happen to know any of their names, would you? He's like, what? No, no, no <laughs> names. No, I don't know my name. Um, I love he tries to be like, you know, I, I think some of them probably, they, you know, they must have thought that they were, you know, they were doing good. Uh, just trying to help keep the Cylons off the streets and police ourselves. And they're probably in over their heads now, like basically saying like, please, please understand. <laughs> this is so totally fucked. It's very like asking for a me. Like it, he couldn't be like if I were Tyrell, I'd be like, "Jammer, you dumb fucker!" Like, mm-hmm. I, you have just told me that mm-hmm. you are one of these, yep. and now I have to murder you with my bare hands. Yep. The fact that Jammer walks away from that is yeah. Amazing. I mean, when Tyrell finds out, he's just gonna snap him in half. I can't wait to watch. So you know, we we talked about how Leoben dropped this surprise bombshell, like, boom, you're a mommy. And then he just is like, you know, there's food on the table. You wouldn't let your kids starve, right? And he just fucking leaves. And yeah. she just, I love, without hesitating, she just turns to the kid. She's like, I'm not your mom. Like, Fuck you, kid. Cold, stone cold. You're on your own. She's like, okay. Uh, I'm not your mom. So, no way. No way. <laughs> no way. Mr. Cylon, Mr. Cylon, occupy the planet. No way. (laughs) Not my kid, not my problem. (laughs) Fuck you. Um, Kara, you know, takes a a step outside of the, uh, uh, of the room, leaves the, the kid behind and she's kind of doing the whole, like, you know, wash her face at the bathroom, look in the mirror, (laughs) scream, hit things a little bit. Like, you know, the way you usually spend time when you someone's just left a kid with you and you don't you don't want anything. I mean, to do that's with what it. I do when I'm near children, typically. <laughs> I mean, I like I relate to this. I just I wasn't sure if anyone else would. Um, but she hears like a thunk, like a real like kind of like heart dropping, like stomach clenching, like oh god, something went horribly wrong. Yeah, girl, kids love to fall. That's all kids do. Mind you, these apartments are entirely concrete. Concrete <laughs> corners everywhere. Yep. So Kara comes out and sees Casey, the child, face down 
on the concrete landing at the bottom of the steps in a pool of blood. We have multiple Dreda's contacts, so we're oh, going to go ahead and take a quick break while we jump to a safer location, and we'll be back. For us, not for Casey. And, you know, well, yeah, Casey's not going anywhere. Too little, too late. Yep. Uh, and we'll be... Uh, God damn it. Just roll the ads. <laughs> Don't ever tell me what to do. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> okay. Now I will. Andrea, your face... <laughs> <laughs> we have multiple trades guys. You're like, oh, <laughs> like you genuinely thought we were under attack. <laughs> I really wasn't expecting it. I, I fully forgot that that was the plan. And I startle so easily. Oh, man. So of all the things that Lee is seriously unhappy with this episode, I think he's most unhappy that Adama, uh, Make she he commissions uh, uh, jail cell Sharon uh, as an officer again. I guess again. Well, this one was never an officer. Again. Technically, technically for the first time, taste him again for the first time. Kellogg's cornflakes. Uh, <laughs> Boomer's <great>. military career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he puts her in charge of this uh, this mission to go meet with the insurgents and arm them. And oh, big yawn from Indy. Uh, <laughs> sorry, oh, I got very distracted. <laughs> His little face. Um, face. I think it's important to to say why. Because he's so sleepy. No. (laughs) (laughs) Why Adama chooses Sharon. And he's down. I'll wait. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't I a stinker? Please go on. I'll I'll be fine. (laughs) He chooses Sharon because the Centurions can't tell the difference between her and the other Sharons. Mm -hmm. They're designed that way because the Cylons didn't want to have their own robot uprising on their hands. Very smart. You can appreciate the irony in that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's I think it's a solid plan. Like it's it's a good it's a good plan. Um, And she says as she's getting ready to part, like, how do you know you can trust me? He's like, I don't. That's what trust is. Oh my god, that's such a great line. Really There's a is. lot of great lines in this episode, and that's one of my favorites. That's one of them. Oh, I love that very much. Yeah, I think it makes sense too. That's real. Yeah, like that time when he says that feelings are just thoughts. Like, yeah, yeah sure, but okay. also that just is like a pretty thing that sounds nice. But this one, this one, this one's good. And this is also where we get the scene of him telling Lee to take the, the civilian fleet and the Pegasus and resume the search for Earth. And Apollo's like, what about Galactica? He's like, I know why we left those people behind. And I know it was their choice in the first place to be down there. And I realize that the survival of the human race outweighs anything else. But this time, I can't live with it. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Oh, I can't it's face so it. Good. Maybe I'm a coward, but I'm going back. <laughs> I do need to point out that some of them didn't choose to be down there. He forced Ty to retire and go down to the planet. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Get it? But I mean, if if he hadn't. Get then... it? No. I don't get it. Retire? Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't. Because his name is Ty. Retire. Uh, okay. I get it. I almost just quit the call. 
I wouldn't have blamed it's you. It's EJO's birthday today. It's EJO's birthday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we record this, not as yeah, this comes out. It'll be it'll be like two weeks from two now. Two weeks ago, but yeah. Happy birthday, EJO. But yeah, great, just amazing Adama moment. And mm-hmm. uh, I love uh, it just so I, much. I love it. And so the uh the insurgency gets word of, of the plan. Uh Ty doesn't love it. Doesn't mm-hmm. love it at all. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's going to go along with it. Uh, meanwhile, he's getting a bit of a scolding from, uh, from Roslyn about the, the suicide bombs. And I love when he says, you know, sometimes I think you got ice water in those veins. And other times <laughs> I think you're just a naive little school teacher. I've sent men on suicide missions in two wars now, and let me tell you something. It don't make a God's damn bit of difference whether they're riding in a Viper or walking out onto a parade ground. In the end, they're just as dead. So you could take your piety and your moralizing and your high-minded principles and stick them someplace safe until you're off this <laughs> rock and sitting in your nice cushy chair on Colonial One again. I've got a war to fight. And that, that is Ty's focus that is where mm-hmm. his entire brain is he's got a project now that isn't drinking yep. and arguing with starbuck mm-hmm. oh my god any word about kara oh, oh it's such a heartbreaking it's heartbreaking oh, i love him <sighs> so much they open takes the kid to the hospital yeah. she'll be fine it's a kid they bounce back he knew that shit was gonna. Yeah, he's happen. manipulating Kara. That's what he's doing. Like a hundred percent, right? Like hundred percent, his plan. Because now she's like, now she cares about the kid, and she even like, you see her like hold his hand. Yeah. And she <sighs> calls Casey honey. Mm-hmm. I hate. I hate this. I hate this a lot. I just realized what I hate about it beyond the manipulation, the blah blah blah, and the blah blah blah, is that the implication here is that. When faced with the possible death of a child, Kara's innate maternal instincts suddenly kick in. And now it is important for her that this child lives because mothers, like, I hate that assumption and that expectation so, so much. I don't believe for a second that that would be Kara Thrace's genuine reaction. And in fact, I do not believe it is. But we can talk about that later. You think, you think she's playing him now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not absolutely. I sh- need her to be for my sake. Okay, fair, fair. I think it's a possibility. The insurgency strikes again. The insurgency strikes again. The insurgency strikes again. The insurgency strikes again. This time, uh, there are many copies. Uh, there are many copies. Someone, uh, there are many copies. <laughs> they have a plan, uh, and, and this time <laughs> their plan is to blow up the power substation. Uh, and yep, they do it. They do it, and Cylons. Uh, are extra unhappy about this to the point where the, mm-hmm. they draft up a they draft up an executive order that just needs a little uh, Gaius Baltar signature, and uh, this is a scene that you know, people use the the phrase "lives rent free in my head." Uh, this <laughs> moment lives rent free in my head, and uh, it stresses me out whenever I, I start to think about it uh, because, of course, this this is Baltar's moment of. Uh, of standing, standing up is his defiance. They say like, you know, we need you to sign this. And he's like, I'm, why would I sign that? Like, you're just going to do it anyway. And basically we, we get the sense that the silence needs it to 
appear as a legitimate action of the uh, colonial government, uh, essentially to cover their own consciences, uh, because mm-hmm. they understand that it's murder and it's sin in the eyes of their god. It, but that's what they will be doing when they punish the like. None of this mm-hmm. makes any sense. There's no. something else going on here, and whatever god or gods a person believes in, I have never heard of one. Oh, other other than um, Lord Hades, um, <laughs> but uh, the Dark Lord Hades, um, whatever God you believe in or does not, except for Hades, the Lord of the Underworld, um, traffic in like contracts and signatures. Like it doesn't. I don't understand what is what is happening with all of this. I think that. The, the Cylons are trying to set it up so that when this is all over, Baltar takes the fall for... But from whom? From from the people, because the people, the humans, are eventually going to, you know, whatever. Um, Theoretically, according to the Cylons, they're eventually going to fall in line. Yeah. And so, um, and they want, they want Baltar to take the fall for, like, because then the Cylons can be like, look... We were just doing what your president said. Yeah. Okay, we, we that wasn't us. That we're was your president. So couldn't yep. like six sign his name and be like, "It's me, Baltar." I mean, yeah, probably just ratatouille him and like grab his hands and. But the um, it, it's the the Deanna that says, "You know, we're here as friends and allies of the legitimate government of the colonies. You're the president, so everything we do requires your signatures." They're setting up that that cover story uh, and Cavill is the one that says, in other words, they're worried about what God in quotes uh, mm-hmm. might think if they commit murder, they're covering their existential asses. Uh, and, but if you don't, we will murder you. Like it yeah. just doesn't, it doesn't, it never sense. adds up. It's, it's the moment of Deanna holding a gun to Anders and saying, you know, they don't value life like we do. <laughs> yeah. So they're holding a gun to Baltar's head. Uh, I think it's a Doral, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, hold it, telling him to sign, and he's like, "I'm not going to do it." And uh, Doral shoots Caprica six right in the head, right in uh-huh. front of Baltar. Mm-hmm. Puts the gun right back to his head, and and Baltar somehow flashes into his fantasy world with with uh, head six. Um, well, there's a gun pointed to his head. Well, head six. This is the first time we've seen her in a long time, too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and she says to him, uh, I don't want to, I don't mess the lineup, Caleb. So what what does she say? There's nothing you can do, guys. It'll be okay. You'll have to sign it. They'll kill you if you don't. Sometimes you have to do things you hate so you can survive to fight another day. Meanwhile, Doral's just yelling, sign it, sign it, sign your name, sign it. And that, like, like every now and then, that voice mm-hmm. yelling just pops into my head, yeah. and I go into full-on defense mode. <laughs> it's really uh, jarring. And then it looks to fucking Doral like he's, like, that worked. Doral's like, see, all you had to do was scream, sign it a bunch, and I'll sign it. Yeah. He didn't see what was going on with head six. This scene is also the scene where we find out that, and I, is this true that Caprica, that the first Cylon on Cylon violence occurs when six bashes Deanna over the head with a boulder? We've never seen two Cylons. I mean, technically no, because Boomer killed a lot of Cylons before 
she knew she was a Cylon. But that was probably the first time that a Cylon knowingly murdered another Cylon. I feel like they're kind of making it like a Cain and Abel reference. Absolutely. But I just, it's, but it's not because, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as we know, that's the first instance of that happening. Okay. It just seemed unlikely that we hadn't seen that, but yeah, I guess so. I love the scene uh, with the head six because not only does like everyone else disappear in his mind and it's just mm-hmm. the two of them, but like the entire atmosphere of the scene changes that it's less bleak. It's warmly lit mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. kind of is back to like, like the office is like neat. His desk is in order and everything is right and perfect. And it's got that mm-hmm. soft glow of his uh, cliffside house on Caprica mm-hmm. and everything and like, and he just like, for a moment thinks that like he has the ability to like resist this. Uh, and I will say for all of his many flaws, the close up of him, like crying as he realizes that uh, in, you know, in his like daydream, he's signed the document as heartbreaking. Yeah. It really is. Like I, for all of the like dumb shit that he does and like all of the times that he has inadvertently uh, helped the Cylons kill most of humanity, uh, I don't think that Gaius Baltar is at his heart a bad person. Um, I don't think he is necessarily a good person, but I don't think he is actively bad. And I don't think that he wants to be helping. I think he just no. finds himself in situations where he is helping. I don't think, yeah, he is all bad. I think that he is somebody who, for whatever reason, has reached a point in his life where the only, like, his only real motivating factor, at least until he and Six, um, until he, like, really falls in love with Six, is protecting himself mm-hmm. and chasing his own, like, wants and desires. And those two things have led directly to this point. Like, this is totally his fault in, like, five different ways at this point. But, mm. um, so I have I don't have a ton of sympathy for him, obviously, but I in this episode I'm I do feel for well, I guess I do have sympathy for him then. That's what that word is. Um <laughs> But I'm you know, he's he's James Callis is very good mm-hmm. in this episode, so it's yes. you know, it's it's hard to watch him uh struggle so much and not feel something, I guess. And I think all along you're really supposed to feel conflicted about mm-hmm. Baltar. And you know, mm-hmm. we, we hit on that like really early on in the show that like there are gonna be times when you absolutely love him and times when like you just you can't be rid of him fast enough. <laughs> and I think that's it makes him such a, a complex character. Absolutely. <sighs> absolutely. I don't wanna dwell on it, but there's a really gross scene between Ellen and Cavill where <sighs> Cavill's just being sleazy and Ellen, even after getting uh, Ty out of prison, has, you know, continues to to help him, uh, and he expects her to uh, now return the favor by getting information about the insurgency. So he's he's using her surprise, uh, yeah. a Cylon using a human uh, to get well, what they he even, want. He even mm-hmm. threatens, like, if you don't give me the information I want, then we're going to go round up Ty again and take his other eye. Mm-hmm. I think he says uh, he'll lose more than an eye. Lose more than uh, an eye. That, yeah, you're right. That's what he says. Yeah. 
And so uh, Ellen makes her way into a, another insurgency meeting where they're, uh, you know, Anders pulls out a, a nice hand-drawn map. So they've got at least one cartographer on New Caprica. I respect that. <laughs> and not only do they have a cartographer, but they've got someone who has taken the time to actually name uh, the natural places uh, like Breeders Canyon. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to start to speculate on why <laughs> they would have named uh, Breeders Canyon. Now hold on, let's speculate. <laughs> where Where do you think Ty and Callie or uh, Tyrell and oh. Callie uh, made that, that baby? Mm -hmm. Oh, where did they make that baby? Breeders Canyon. Mm -hmm. Breeders Canyon. Uh, and so the the plan is for the uh, the Galacticers Galacticers uh, Galacticers Raptors. Uh, they're gonna jump down into uh, Breeders Canyon there in the Southern Range. <laughs> Listeners, I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no, it's good. They're laughing. They I, like don't you it. dare apologize. Yeah. Don't you dare. I hate this fucking show. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, you know, the plan is for the, the raptors to jump into the canyon where they'll be kind of isolated and they won't be seen by the, the Cylons. Uh, the insurgency will meet them halfway. And uh, you know, once they've got the, the messages and the plan all memorized, they burn it and everything's fine and mm. nothing goes wrong. Well, Ty tries to burn it, and Ellen takes it from him. And, and like, she burns get it, up. and everything's fine. Don't get up, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Well, she burns one of the things she takes, and the rest she stuffs into her pocket. Oh, but she definitely burns all of the, the sensitive, important insurgency documents and only keeps things that are, are fine and nothing goes wrong. I, I don't think that... <laughs> is this another case where you and I watched a different version of the <laughs> show? Because... What? In the version I watched, <laughs> in the version I watched, in the version I watched, she gives that uh, information back to uh, to Cavill, hmm. so that they know. So now Cavill knows where the rendezvous is, and when the rendezvous happens, uh, and we learn that uh, the Sea Bucks rule. Uh, <laughs> Go Panthers! Sea Bucks rule. Uh, the they are ambushed by Centurions. It's uh, it's no good. That's not good. It's not good, but uh, fuck. There's uh, there's one last big roundup. We get the uh, uh, we know that there are important names on the list that Baltar had to sign, but we don't we didn't find out who until they start getting rounded up. And uh, of course, Callie is uh, among them, uh, as is Rosalind, and is uh, Vice President in Exile Tom Zarek, who yep. uh, uh, I. See, when I, I say I love and hate Baltar, it's moments like this because you know we talk about like everyone has their their moment of like making you know choosing to make a stand or not, uh, and Zarek's like, yeah, I'm not going to go along with this Cylon occupation thing, and mm -hmm. Baltar throws him in prison. That's what he yep. says. I mean, it could be the Cylons throw him in prison, but I feel like at the the very very beginning of this, Baltar would see. Uh, uh, Zarek refusing to, to cooperate as a direct betrayal of him uh, mm -hmm. and would, you know, like, while he still had some dignity, would have would have acted. I, I, I love when Zarek asked Rosalind just point blank, did you try to steal the election? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. I kind of wish you had. And she's like, me too. Me too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so the uh, like they 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 take the the prisoners out into the the woods and uh, decide to stop for yeah you know, just a five minute you know, rest break. They're just you know they're they're going out for some fresh air. I would, I'm just gonna stay here. No, because um, you know historically when people are sitting in a sitting, you need to give them a rest. You know. Yes. These people yeah. have never seen a single movie. Jammer is free a prisoner. <laughs> Jammer lets <laughs> Callie go. Tells her to run. Uh, Jammer is repair a marriage. <laughs> yes. Um, Jammer is save a life. And he, well, he tells her to run and not look back, but of course she can't fucking do that. She has to look back. Um, but the, uh, a little bit too late, the rest of the prisoners realize that they're being lined up as a bunch of centurions approach. <sighs> and all the, uh, new Caprica police fucking leg it out of there. Bolt, mm-hmm. just run. They cheese it, and uh, as Callie is running away, we hear gunfire. Oof, a doof, and roll credits. And the episode is over. Of course it is. Fuck this show forever. There's there's one thing. <laughs> there's one thing we we didn't touch on that I want to, and that is when uh, Boomer visits Callie in prison. Yes, I did skip that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because. It's just kind of a funny, uh, I don't, not funny is not the right word, but like, what is it? Callie says, like, I wish I had a gun. That's the first thing she says. Yeah. Right? <laughs> she looks like she's going to take a swing, too. Mm-hmm. At one point, she almost does. And then she she asks, like, can you help me? And Boomer's like, I really can't. She's like, then get the frack out of here and frack you. And, you know. <laughs> how many times do I have to kill you? Is yeah, how many times do I have to kill you? <laughs> Like she, she has no, no love for Boomer at all. No, and Boomer tries to be like, you know, I, I, I love that you and Chief have like, f- like found each other and like you've made a family, and that's something that he and I talked about, and like it's really great. I'm really happy for you. And Kelly's just like, "Fuck you." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So Got the Andrea. old ex-girlfriend talking to the wife problem. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's had a rough... I mean, I know they all have, but we talked early on about Callie having a rough go of it. Mm-hmm. Rougher than than a lot of people, at least in the beginning. And it just keeps... She just wanted to go to dental school. And have a baby with some old man. Callie the elf just wants to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew, before we started recording, you said you had... Uh, some theories. Mm-hmm. I wrote them down. Let's hear them. I'm, I can't wait to hear this. What's my order here? I'm just going to go. Sh- yeah, I'm just going to work top down. I might be out of order. But um, my first thing is, in theory, we have proof that Kara is not a Cylon. Um, mm-hmm. Because as far as we know, all the caveats that come with this. Um, as far as we know, the only way to have a baby for Cylon to have a baby is it's got to be a man Cylon and a woman human and but they also have to be doesn't don't they have to be in love isn't the magic ingredient love all along a uh, human man Cylon woman <gasps> Sharon and Hilo I always mix it up I don't know what happens in my brain fuck that's right I always why do I always think it's the opposite even though we only have this happening. Oh, and Anders is a Cylon. Okay, so then that's not Kara's baby. Oh, the pyramid, pyramid player? player? Unless they use somebody else's sperm. No, wait. Nope. Uh, still no. Unless, <laughs> still unless, work. 
Unless. Wait, are you saying that Anders got her pregnant? No. I mean, well, he's a Cylon, so maybe. He's a pyramid player. And a Cylon. And an insurgent. <laughs> and a uh, pyramid player. Or this is just... Uh, this is just Leoben fuck like lying to Kara. Yeah, like I, uh, it's it's might not even be Kara's baby. I, I don't think it's that easy. I hope that it's not that easy to like erase this that it's just not her baby. Um, but I feel like it could be hers and Anders. So I don't think whoever said that would have said that to me right now, because that would be unless y'all are sneaky too. Listeners, Did you say meat? the thing about <laughs> meat. What meat? <laughs> Um, we haven't seen meat ship in a while, have we? No. The thing about Caleb and Kitsy is they mix the lies with the truth, so you don't know. Um, okay. I've never lied so, to you. That's a lie. In in this podcast about <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Speaking of meat ships, I need to, to raise a point that is still going to stick in with me, sticking in my craw, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> they talk about the... Uh, the needing the the launch keys for the ships and someone proposes that like what if the silence have just destroyed them and someone else is like no i think it's cat that's like no they'll the the silence they'll keep them because you know what if they need one of those ships I'm like the silence don't need one of these junky old busted ass yeah. colonial ships that are, like have landed on the planet and are gonna have to find a way back fucking to space they're just gonna grow more meat slap yeah, some metal plate on fine. it and boom base ship like the silence don't need your fucking colonial one or your your fucking Scorpion traveler or your your Adriatic or what they don't need your shit. Fuck I'm you. Just, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. No way. Remember the shining moment in our podcast of the Trojan horse, but it was the did we Oh yes, we did know they were made of meat then. That was the whole point, wasn't yes. it? Okay. Yeah. Somebody made the uh, the the comment the other day that um, a hot dog is essentially it's it's ground meat in an intestinal casing or a hot dog or sausage went on traditionally is you know ground meat in intestinal casing mm-hmm. and a human a human when ingesting one it then goes mm. back through the process so essentially humans are hot dogs humans are hot dogs <laughs> hot dogs a hot dog Humans are hot dogs. I'm extremely uncomfortable with this information. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not, not true. It's, it's difficult Therefore, to learn that you're a hot a dog. Is a human a sandwich? <laughs> it, it depends on how it's served. No, a human. True. The hot dog itself is not the sandwich. Like the fully composed sausage sandwich containing the hot dog or the bratwurst or the coney or whatever that is a sandwich but the tubular meat the encased meat if you will is not itself a sandwich uh humans are encased meats (laughs) the tubular meat i'm having a bad time now i was having fun i don't like it on this side of the podcast Um, I'm having okay. a bad time. <laughs> I take back everything I said about Kara. Who knows? The only thing that is um, that I'm sure of is that she remembers that Leoben said that she would that something was going to happen that would bring her around, and this is the moment she is choosing to pretend as if she has come around, um, and he's going to get it, and it's going to be great. Especially because they're at a hospital now. 
They're not. There's lots of sharp things to stab him with now. She loves to kill with glass. And also, we. She's got to be out. So, like, she's not underground in a cage. So, this would be a perfect time for her to. What if the, murder what if the hospital is also in the jail? Ooh. And she runs out of the hospital and there's another <laughs> jail cell door. God. Jail hospital. That. That could be. Anything could happen on this show. Um, Tyrell's a Cylon. Tyrell's a Cylon. Um, I'm st- I, he's one of my... I have four out of the five that I feel I'm leaning toward. One of which being Tyrell. He's on the lower end. Um, okay. Callie had a baby. Boomer obviously didn't because two Cylons don't make a baby. Um, and I don't think he knows... It's going to be bad for him when he finds out. Okay. And obviously you think Anders is a Cylon. Anders is a Cylon. And he, why? The pyramid player? The pyramid player? <laughs> when he and Boomer are like meet on New Caprica, they hug and she says been a long time. Okay. Important to note, that's not Boomer. Sharon. Um, when She needs a call sign because this is just getting confusing. She does. I guess Sharon could just be her call sign. Um, bad call sign. It's bad call sign. Sharon says been a long time, which it hasn't been, I guess, either way. That is a weird thing to say to somebody if the only time you've spent with them, and they hug, if the only time you've spent with them is that short period of time on Caprica when Hilo and Boomer um, met up with the insurgency, right? Well, remember that there is also a, a brief reunion before they all embark and live on uh, New Caprica, and a year goes by before uh, the Cylons show up and everybody pieces out. So there is time uh, in there where they could have reconnected and hung out and whatnot. Yeah. Maybe he visits her on the Galactica. Well, they you know, probably we don't meet know. up for the meetings. He's a Cylon. She knows it. He knows and, it. You know, it's it, she's she's the one that leads him to where Kara's being held at the farm to mm-hmm. help rescue her. So there's, that's true. You know, I, I think he probably yeah. feels like he owes her a little bit from that. They've worked together um, before. But it's also great because his response is funny. I feel like I see you every day. Or something to that effect. Uh, See, because there's many copies. There are many copies. There there are many copies. And they have a plan. (laughs) Um, All right. Who else? Anders, number one forever. He's a Cylon. I can't wait. I can't wait to do my victory lap. And the weather's starting to warm up here, so I don't even have to run outside in the snow when it happens. Um, You don't know that. What if it happens in December? We have most of a year left in this show. That's true. Oh, God. Oh, well, I said what I said. God, Uh, I hope he's not, because you're going to be just... Insufferable. You're going to be Kara after pulling off the rescue on Caprica. You're going to be insufferable. Yep. You You think think... she was hard to live with before. Yeah, you think I am now. (laughs) Exactly. Buckle up, you chuckle fucks. Um, (laughs) Baltar's a Cylon. Baltar's a Cylon. The early on when we talked about how cool it would be if the six in his head was just kind of hanging out there because she was too far away to download two new meat body. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of like a, like a thumb drive for her <laughs> until they could get back to the meat sure offside archival backup. And then the second, yeah, ex- exactly. And then the second she dies, she pops back up again in Baltar's head. So Baltar was in six's head. Baltar's a resurrection ship. At one point, f- 
<laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. What? She dies. She shows up in his head. Yes. She comes back. She's gone from his head. Yeah. She dies. She shows, she shows up in his head again. Baltar is haunted. <laughs> Baltar is haunted. Baltar is also a Cylon. So he's a haunted Cylon. Um, and I wish I had a better memory because it feels to me like a possibility is that he died in a, one of those nuclear blasts or something. <laughs> one of um, at least two that, that he the, caused. Yeah, and that, like, that Baltar that we see is a new-bodied Baltar. We have no reason. And I also think this is much more tenuous, but I was talking to Kitsy about it earlier, and I don't really have it fleshed out. Ew, wrong word for this podcast. Um, You haven't gotten to the meat of it yet. But You you missed it. You took the elevator. I missed you taking the elevator. Oh, that's my favorite part of the podcast. (laughs) So, so I think there's a chance we've seen more than one. Baltar. I think you, you've uh, conjectured that before that there's like bumbling, mm-hmm. like slap the keyboard in frustration, Baltar, and then there's pensive, judgy, smoking Baltar, and you know I, I feel like and it makes sense that they would be similar because all of the copies of each model have similarities. There are many so copies. it's not that they need to be like. There are many copies. <laughs> there are many copies. Um, they used to have a plan. I'm starting to think starting not to think so, much not anymore, so much anymore. Yeah. They're just um, making this shit up as they go so, now. They had a plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had a plan. Baltar's number two on my list. I'm. He might be number one if it weren't for the fact that I have. The more we talk about Anders, the more certain I become whether we have more evidence for it or not. But they're number one and number two I on my list. I just want to know why. I think one reason is because... Kara fell in love with him, and she is very anti-Cylon, and won't that be difficult to watch her find out that this love of her life, when she's had so many problems with love, blah, blah, blah. I also thought we were going to find out sooner, and this there's that scene of the two of them when we first find out that they're, that they're together um, in bed, where I was sure we were going to see somebody's spine <laughs> glowing, and we were going to find out one of them oh was. Oh, my God, the glowing I mean, spine I wasn't reveal. sure whose, but yeah, um... I haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, exactly. And then um, that didn't happen. But And there have been things all along because every time something comes up, I tell y'all I've been proven more. I just My memory is so bad that I don't remember what all of those are at the moment. But I'm just... What if not every Cylon, Cylon. has a glowing spine? What if that's like a, a thing that's particular to the Six model? Like <laughs> she's six, just... That's a good point. And, and Boomer. Did, did oh, Boomers yeah. also we've seen, we've seen Boomer. Okay. Like what? what if, yeah, we saw we saw that when she was banging Helo back on Catarca. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, what if it's just like certain models do, but not not all of them? We don't know. We don't know. Have we ever seen Kara's back when she's doing it? <laughs> no, no. I've been watching. <laughs> I watch everybody's backs real close. They got to be quick with me if they're going to try to get away with that. Um, yeah. So Baltar's a Cylon. Um, I want Ty to be a Cylon now. Simply because I really want a scene where one-eyed tie and a two-eyed tie have to go back and forth. I just think that would be really fun. <laughs> just a like, picture of the Spider-Man meme, but it's tie. Exactly. It's pirate tie and like dressed to the nines in his his military blues tie, like pointing at each other. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you've got another tie wearing an eye patch. And it falls off as he's talking to Adama, and he has two eyes all of a sudden. 
<laughs> or just like, you got do me. the thing where like he walks in and like it's saw. on the wrong eye. <laughs> Wasn't that eye patch on the other eye? <laughs> ah, frack, you got me. <laughs> or they could do a mirror gag. Like he walks up to a window and Ooh. he like starts kind of straightening his hair, and then the other one moves the wrong way. He's like, "Wah!" <laughs> There's just so many possibilities for lots of fun stuff if Ty's a Cylon. Cylon Ty mirror gag is great. Yep. I have two more quick ones, but one of them I'm going to be embarrassed about. Did I? So I have to ask. Did I miss um, that Ellen definitely gave? We know. When did they get ambushed? How did I miss that? Huh? It was right at right after the hug when when. Uh, Anders and and uh, oh, I was probably too busy squawking about. Yeah, looking. I totally missed that. I don't, and I was certain. I don't recall seeing her give them the give the information, but like, but we do see clearly inferred because she she yeah. does take it and hide away in her. I was fucking around earlier, like obviously, um, she takes it and hides it away in her coat, and then no. the you know, the uh, the rendezvous gets ambushed. So it's it's pretty safe. I missed. For I fully missed the rendezvous getting ambushed. I thought that was something that was going to happen in the next episode. And now I'm so mad at Ty, except Ty. Oh, this does help my theory if Ty's a Cylon. Because I was like, Ty knows that Ellen, a Cylon. God damn it, I was waiting to make it. How have we never? Um, Ty (laughs) knows. The fact that this is not a video <laughs> podcast um, is really it's extremely free. Really is missing what it out. Is. No, we're not. I'm, I'm having a great time, but our listeners are missing out. Um, Ty knows that at, whether Ty loves Ellen or not, he knows she's a snake. You don't give sensitive information up with Ellen around. I was certain that he was giving that information in front of her, and it was a decoy map. But yeah. now, if he's a Cylon. It would be well because there is that point where she walks in and they hide all the stuff and then they realize it's her and they're like okay yeah, we can keep talking which is stupid yeah so there's something seemed off there but who the fuck knows now and then the last one he's too um, trusting with her specifically yeah, he, he doesn't should. trust anyone else but for yeah. some reason he continues to trust her it makes no sense um, this is our audio mukbang um, uh. If Rosalind gets shot, do you not know what a mukbang is? Is that I'm very confused. <laughs> mukbang is just somebody eating on YouTube, just and people Sorry, had a, really like to had watch. A truffle. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, we're not talking about me actually eating. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely okay. was. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was just thinking about whether or not I was going to edit out you eating on mic or just let it go. And then I was like, well, if I mention it, then we can leave it in and it's fine. So I mentioned it by it's using ASMR, the word right? but then I realized maybe that's not, it's, it's like an ASMR <laughs> and that's what you're doing. <laughs> Usually this is just for the Patreons. I hate this fucking show. <laughs> um, you could edit out just the sequence for the Patreon. I'd be like... I can't. I can't That's wait till my fucking contract is up at the end of the show. <laughs> I can go f- go find a different podcast to be uh-huh. on or something. Yep. Um, nice try. Not happening. Um, if Rosalind, if that gunfire that we heard was the Cylons shooting those humans, and those humans are actually dead, because who knows? It cuts a black before we heard it or whatever. Um, and Rosalind dies. Then I think 
she's on my Cylon list and there's going to be some cool reveal down the line. Like you think we're going to get... If she's still alive. One of those moments where like she wakes up in the goo. Yeah. Or she just comes walking in somewhere you're not expecting to see her. When they did the, that 70s show pan around the conference mm-hmm. table um, where they just keep showing different copies of the... I thought for sure we were going to get a reveal in that moment. That would have been a cool somebody, way to do it. Yeah. Um, but we didn't. And yeah, so that's that's what I think. If Rosalind is still alive after this, um, then I'm not putting her on my list of, of more probable Cylons yet. Okay, so to review, your probable Cylon list is Anders. Mm-hmm. Wait, the pyramid player? Baltar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the Cylon? Colonel Ty. Yeah. Currently. Colonel Ty. <laughs> Colonel and Lee. Colonel and Lee. Lee. I'm not hearing it right. Pam. Wait, Lee? Oh, fuck. And Laura Roslin. Well, it's Anders, Baltar, Tyrell, Roslin, oh. if she dies. Ty for fun, but maybe now for sure, but only if he knows he's a Cylon. So you don't think there's a possibility that Ty... But I don't think Ty... I, you know what? I'm taking Ty off the list. I'm very confused about him right now. It also seems odd that we would be this deep into it and there would still be Cylons who don't know that we also don't know. Like, there would still be sleeper yeah. agents. I do, I do think that possibility exists. I I think we are more likely to find a Cylon who has been acting like they don't know they're a Cylon um, and is working with the humans, maybe. Um, I don't know who that would be, though. Hmm. It just feels like something that would happen in a show like this. Gata. That fucking snitch. Gata the traitor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess he could be. But, oh, yeah, because it would be important for him for uh, Baltar to win the election, if that were the case. And then he starts to feel bad. And starts feeding information. Though, why would you tell me that? Or is he feeding information that the Cylons want the insurgency to have? Because then if you suicide bomb... Stop, I'm so easily influenced. Don't do this. My, <laughs> I'm so feeble-minded. Well, we should probably find out what happened to all those humans. We yeah. Sh- we should. Uh, and so I think in order to do that, we're going to have to uh, spin up our FTL drives to uh, make the jump back to uh, New Caprica uh, in full force. Uh, and visit nsrad.io. I was just hiding that in there. We didn't say anything like that. I'm sure we didn't. We didn't make any plugs, but enough. I just did. That's the only one you need. Everything's there. nsrad.io. So it's like radio. It's like radio. So say we so all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. What?